Hello, my earth babes. Welcome to Blooming and Buzzing, a podcast dedicated to the mental well-being and growth of all the kings and queens of the garden, because that's who we are, baby. And I want you to feel like that every time you enter this space, this community, and these episodes with your host, Lori V. We're talking more about our men who are contributing to society in positive ways. And I can't wait for you guys to meet our special guest today. Just like we were talking about with Brian, there are a lot of different stigmas against men, whether that be societal pressures that are making them feel like they can't express their emotions or even just whatever they were taught when they were younger that didn't allow for them to be who they are, which are human beings. So today, I'm super excited to introduce our guest, Nicholas Edwards. He is a 2022 graduate of Hampton University with a Bachelor of Science degree in Economics. While he was at Hampton, Nicholas was a member of the Freddie T. Davey Honors College, and he also was a part of Hampton's track and field team, as well as Bacillus of the Gamma Epsilon chapter of the Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Following graduation, Nicholas has received a job offer as a financial advisor with Equitable, as well as a part-time position coaching high school track and field athletes. So welcome to the garden, Nicholas Edwards. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Really good. Like I was sharing with you, just trying to recover with my ACL. Um, I'm really thankful that I'm even able to be up and moving around as much as I am because a lot of people don't have that opportunity and, you know, everybody has their own separate processes, but I do love that my knee is working with me because I'm trying to be outside. So super excited that I'm healing up. Yeah, you're definitely tough with it. Trying, really trying. And I really am loving everybody's support. So thank you so much for being a part of my journey and welcome to my podcast. So tell me a little bit about yourself that we didn't already share about in our bio of you. All right, we'll see. Um, what's going on, everybody out there in the garden? My name is Nicholas Edwards. Um, like your wonderful host, Lori said, uh, we graduated from Hampton University together, class of 2022. Shout out to QT11. You know. You don't know, you don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm originally from Decatur, Georgia. Um, I've returned home. Like she said, I'll be a financial advisor with Equitable, and I got a job at coaching with the high school um, track and field team. And that's yeah, that's, that's those are my main things right now. Okay. And you work with, like, what age group? You said high school? Yeah. So would you say, like, you see from freshman to senior, or what's it like? Um, so I'm just coming in right now. So the group that I'm coaching – they're more under, they're more underclassmen. So freshmen and sophomores, but it's a couple of people who will be seniors in the fall, and then a couple of juniors. So hopefully, you know, the underclassmen, and then we can, I can start sending them off into better things in life. Oh, so do they call you like Coach Nick or like what was you have a nickname? No, thankfully I don't have a terrible. You know, kids you mean in high school. <laughs> no, I don't have. No, I don't have a wild nickname yet, thankfully. Okay, that's so sweet, though. And you were sharing that this isn't, like, your first time doing this? Um, No. So when I was in high school, actually, I also spent some of my free time during the summer um, coaching in the same capacity. It was a good way for me to, like, stay in practice and learn about my own faults, but also help people who didn't have coaches. Because a lot of people in my hometown who were throwers and did track and field, didn't really have a lot of coaching or experience in what we're doing. We're kind of just going out there and, 
you know, doing whatever. If it felt right, it felt right. If it felt wrong, it felt wrong. And then we kind of go from there. So hopefully, you know, I bring like a lot of college experience and a lot of expertise in what I do. I can thankfully be able to pass it on to the next generation who don't have to go through those same issues. Wow, that is so nice. And you're balancing a lot. Congratulations on your new job with Equitable. Are you excited for that as well? Of course. It's always an exciting time to make some money. Okay. <laughs> when do you start? Or have you already started? Um, well, I started um, doing onboarding already, but I'll probably end up starting sometime this summer. Okay. Well, yeah, congratulations. I'm excited. Thank you. Big money, Nick. Something like that. Uh, really like that, especially because it seems like a lot of our class, they're getting jobs, like straight out of college. So that is such a blessing. Oh, definitely. A lot of, you know, a lot of classes in the past, they talk about, you know, they did internships or whatnot. They did. My pops used to tell me about he had a job um, at McDonald's when he fresh out of college because he couldn't really get into his field yet, though he wanted to. Right. Yeah. My mom talks about how for a time it was hard for her to find a job as well as my dad. And even the classes before us, I remember listening to um, I don't know if, you know, Nia, she started Campus Curls on our campus. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And she did a podcast brand like a girl podcast talking about how she had like post-grad depression because she didn't get into the job of her choice. And she had so many different accolades that could have opened that opportunity for her. And of course it was during the onset of the pandemic. So I'm sure that that like also didn't help, but she was just talking about how it was hard for her and she did a lot for our campus. So I'm thankful too, that like, I'm also going to be able to jump straight into my field post-grad. So kudos to us. Let's give ourselves our flowers. Right. Exactly. So you talk about all the different things that you do. How do you balance that? Like, does that sometimes become stressful for you? Um, I mean, yes, it's always a stressful affair to try and balance your life socially, academically, and then a job and whatever else is that you choose to do. But the main thing is always just to stay organized. You know, you have to be here at this time. Sometimes you have to force yourself to, like, get somewhere and do something. I'll give you an example. Um, this summer, I've been working to uh, get my insurance exa- my uh, insurance license. Okay. So part of that is, you know, taking class online and things of that nature. But it's also, you know, just getting able to get out of the house, go to the gym every once in a while. Yeah. See my friends. Do I really, you know, do I really want to go outside? Yes, you do. Sometimes okay, so it's just about, about forcing that. yourself to do something. Let's talk about that just a little bit more, because, you know, there's a lot of individuals who are more like, you know, stay inside to, you know, grow, save your money. So why would why are you encouraging us to go outside more? Um, Going outside doesn't necessarily mean spending your money. You know, you can go outside, take a walk, take a hike, just be outside. Just a change of scenery sometimes is really what you need. That's why people usually when they go to college, they'll go somewhere um, away from where they used to live. They change the scenery. It's a new experience, a new chance to discover something about yourself. Um, I think usually if you take it, you know, you'll come away feeling better about the situation that you were in. Yeah. Before you have to go back because you'll always have to go back to that situation. But sometimes approaching it from a new angle, just taking time away from whatever you're looking at. Um, can help. 
Like, have you ever taken a test and then you just kind of stop in the middle, get distracted, and then come back to it and be like, duh, that's obviously the answer to the question? Yeah, yeah. It's the same kind of idea. Okay. Definitely love that because there's such different narratives in you social media, honestly, about how you should best go about being the best you. And I definitely like to encourage people to go out more too, because, you know, we're in our 20s, like you're never going to get this time back. And, you know, we young in turn. So I feel like go outside because when it does get time to buckle down and you get more and more responsibilities, that's when you can decide whether or not like maybe I should stay in more and more but we're young we're gonna have lots of responsibilities but not as much as the future when adulting really gets hard so I definitely appreciate that advice encouraging people to at least go outside and not have to necessarily spend money but catch some sun which is already like a natural form of healing just to just go outside and get some fresh air so that's great advice period Nick so outside of just taking a hike or doing things that you love or any of your hobbies, what are like your favorite ways to relax? Um, so I'm a very like, I'm usually a very active person in college. I used in high school and college, let me say that. I used to do a lot of like running around different clubs, practices and stuff like that. So my, my relaxing now is kind of just doing nothing sometimes, you know, not like in a, not like in a wasteful sense, like laying on the floor face down, something crazy, but like <laughs> just en- just enjoying all the things I used to miss out on. Because I remember being in college and high school, I used to think to myself, man, I couldn't imagine not doing what I'm doing right now. Like, I have no idea how to cope with that feeling. So now that I don't have to do that anymore, um, just the ability to sit down, not have to do anything. It's just a breath of fresh air for me, honestly. Yeah, I definitely love that. Stillness is really good, especially because I know for myself, that's an opportunity for if you are a believer to talk to God. So I definitely love that you find time and make space for some stillness. So then what does mental health mean to you? Um, you know, it's funny. I took so like like you said, I was a member of the honors college and in the honors college, we had a class, a mental health class that we took my senior year. So we kind of had to, you know, define what we think of uh, self-care and mental health and things of that nature. So mental health for me has always just been um, the conscious act of taking care of yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to be one specific thing. It's no right way to take care of yourself. Only you know how, only you know what like is going to make you feel better. Only you know what's going to make you happy. But as long as you're taking care of yourself actively and you keep doing it and you're making a conscious decision to do it, it's not something you can do on accident. You can't go get some ice cream one day and be like, you know what? That was self-care. That's not how that works. <laughs> it's got to be something you planned out. Like, I'm this day, I'm going to go do this. So, like, yeah. as far as self-care and mental health goes, being mentally healthy is just, it's not always being in the right state of mind because everybody isn't all the time. But it's understand. but in that same vein, it's also understanding that, you know, maybe what you're feeling isn't how you're supposed to be feeling. So right. what are you going to do about it? It's a choice. Right. Okay. I definitely know that some advice that I took that has helped me as well as my definition for mental health is that mental health 
is a journey, not a destination, because you're constantly going to be repetitively, like you said, making that conscious choice to better yourself. It's not like, okay, now I'm mentally healthy. Like, I'm there already. Right. Like, no, it's something that you're going to con constantly have to work on, especially as your day-to-day -day changes and as obstacles get in your way, you just choose how you're going to respond. So definitely love that. It seems like the Honors College helped you a lot with just maturing. Would you say that? Oh, definitely. Um, as far as, you know, it being a, a journey and not a destination, there is no, there's no such thing as a destination for mental health. There is no there is no right way to feel all the time, always, because you as people, we're always changing. Our situation is always changing. We as people are always growing and evolving. There's no such thing as any type of destination whatsoever. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so then if you could rate your mental health regularly, like where you are on a normal basis from 1 to 100, where would you say that you fall? Mm -hmm. 1 being bad, 100 being good. These days, I, these days I give myself like I'm somewhere in the 80s. But, okay. um, you know, now that I'm out of college, I can openly admit that in college I was definitely somewhere in the 40s or 50s. Woo! Was, that is half bad. where you feel now. It was, it was bad. It was bad. Dang. It was just it was just a thought of, you know, the future and the present because I still have to take care of what I have to take care of. Right. It was just an overwhelming. Maybe it was because it was senior year and I wasn't ready for the future. And you but know, it was an overwhelming, overwhelming it, feeling. It was overwhelming. It definitely was. And I think a lot of us don't take into account that we were a pandemic class. Like we had a full year of a college experience pre-pandemic for just our freshman year after that half of our sophomore year was taken from us because we had to quarantine then we had a virtual semester which was way harder than I feel like it should have been and then returning back to campus again like I said with leadership positions trying to continue on the culture that Hampton taught us the three years prior to us returning back on campus, that was a lot. And then trying to get a job, trying to make sure you stayed organized and just any other day-to-day -day thing that we bodied though, especially to graduate in four years still, we bodied that. But I think a lot of people, they don't take the time to realize we had to push through an ongoing pandemic as well. So definitely I can understand you being at a 40. I know I was stressed. I also got to see what off-campus living was like because I was a commuter and I had a 15-minute commute to campus every day. That was even more <laughs> on top of having to like, you know, do a lot more outside of just, you know, you had the calf for some people who were deciding to do that. You had dorm life. I was living. Like I got to see what being a Virginian native felt like and boy... <laughs> I know the dorm life was not live. Don't don't Ooh. ever. No, it wasn't. It wasn't sweet. Really? Uh, my senior I year, coming envious to y'all. I was like, dang it. I, I know you're sick. Yeah, you're sick. <laughs> for the for the garden, um, during my senior year, I stayed on campus in the dorm, um, mostly because it was free. I got free room and board um, yeah. when I first entered college, and I kept it all four years. Um, it was not fun. I can't. It was fun. Your freshman year when you're getting to know people and then you had a curfew it's fun seeing people run back before like one o'clock right to try right. and make it in <laughs> those were funny times but like as a senior it's like man i need my own space and it was to the point where i thought to myself i was like am i even gonna put anything on the walls if i'm just gonna have to take it down when i leave 
Oh, wow. Okay. Nah. Well, I definitely can say at least you were right there where everything was. I definitely liked having the break, but as gas prices got higher and higher, oh, I was yeah. oh. sick. I was oh. sick. Walking and around everywhere? Top man, tier. what? Sick. When Highway 64 got really bad, sick. Like, I would be late. I'd have to tell my, like, professors, though they were very understanding, like, I'm sorry, like, I am down the street. That was a little too much for me. I'm glad that you're now at an 80 because that's where you should be. I feel like that's a pretty normal spot to be in, especially in these like trying times. But I do want to ask you, so you know our generation being Generation Z, we focus a lot on mental health and self-care and trying to make sure that we're advocating for more opportunities for us to learn. Do you think that it's something that we focus on too much? Um, no. I think it's not something that we focus on too much. I think that the older generations have kind of pushed us into that way of thinking. Because if you think about who came before us, you know, it was um it was Generation X and they were kind of fighting through they were kind of fighting through their own problems about discovering technology. Um Certain, certain communities, you know, uh, the crack academic and things of that nature. And before that, their parents were dealing with civil rights and segregation. So they didn't, in their minds, us worrying about ourselves is kind of more selfish because they had bigger things to worry about. Now, granted, we have bigger things to worry about too, but we're also not going to make ourselves unhappy for the sake of worrying about those bigger issues. Both of those things can coexist at the same time. So it's not that we put too much emphasis on it. I don't think that you can put too much emphasis on yourself. That's a crazy statement out loud, but (laughs) (laughs) it is. But I think think we're just getting more into the uh, space of, you know, what do we like to do? What is going to make us happy? And it's something you can see, um, you know, not just socially, but like in the workplace too. You know, parents talk about how they work somewhere for 30 and 40 years, but they hate their job. Whereas we're raised to be like, no, you're not doing it for me. I'm I'm gone. This yeah. isn't what I this isn't what I need, or you're not giving me what I need to be myself and to have fun and to live life. I'm gone. I have enough credentials to get a job anywhere else. I don't have to be here. Right, right. Yeah, that's well said. That's well said. Yeah, it's more of a generational divide, I feel like. I think, you know, but also, you know, our parents, as the older generations became parents, they saw, you know, I definitely want my child to be happy. But they don't realize that part of that happiness comes from what you disallowed yourself to have when you were the same age. Right. Because I think if they had the chance to quit their jobs the way they wanted to, they probably would have done it too. Right. But they've already paid a lot of their dues now. Like, a lot of our parents are making some bank now. Right. Living comfortably. Okay. Really, though. Like, I'm so blessed to watch my mom just, like, continue to elevate because, like, she's a standard for me. I know I've watched her, and she's definitely been an advocate for our happiness as well. So that is well said, Nick. I think you summed that right up. So are you religious or spiritual at all? Um, yes, I am. I'm a religious man. 
All right now. So where do you go to church or what is, are you Christian? If so, what's your denomination? Um, I'm a Christian man. I am a Baptist. So the church I attended is the church I attended before I went off to college. So that'd be Rainbow Park University. Shout out to Rainbow Park. Shout out to Stephen Dial, my pastor. Um, shout out to the entire Rainbow Park family. All right now. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, how does it help you in your day-to-day life? Um, they're always there for, you know, being religious or the community itself. Whatever I'm thinking you about, talk it. about. Okay. Well, I mean, the community has always been there. They're always very supportive. It's always, they always talk about, you know, there's a reason we, you know, there's a reason you're here. Like, this isn't like just a random chance thing. This is something that was planned out by God. Um, me being able to graduate when I do, me coming home when I had to, um, just everything being a part of a part of a bigger working plan. And as yeah. far as you know, as far as being a Christian goes, I think that taking some time to read the Bible, because you know, I mean, people always talk about how the Bible is, um, you know, it's just a very wild collection of stories right and whatnot and whether or not you believe that was also helpful because there are similar experiences in there that you can relate to whether you realize it or not you know there are people in the bible who have messed up in life and were given second chances um there are people in the bible who you know who struggled with being struggled with being themselves, struggled with um, just learning how to do things differently, seeing a new point of view. Like all of those type of things are kind of what the Bible is about. It's teaching you how, it's more about how to be a good person. And that's kind of what, that's kind of what I feel like religion is about rather. Yeah. And I totally agree. I definitely know I've struggled with different things and God just has really seen me through. I can understand how there is a huge disconnect for some individuals just with how society is moving and how people are really trying to express themselves that they feel like they can't always connect. But like you said, there are so many other books of the Bible that I can pull up a scripture right now, whether it be from Psalms or any other book that helped push me through. They give me an anchor scripture to live by. And I know that it's been a positive influence in my life. So I really like that you're also a believer because I'm not really finding a lot many nowadays, either our age that are actively, you know, trying to Mm -hmm. use that as a part of their lives as a tool for like guidance. So thank you for sharing that with me. I think that that'll definitely help this podcast is giving another perspective so then of course. have you ever tried therapy would you ever try therapy um no I've personally never tried therapy before but I mean I would say I'm not I wouldn't say I'm not open to trying it I just you know I've never I don't think I've hit the point in my life where it's like you know I feel like I just need it like 100 okay. percent I think um you know, I think therapy is a good thing. I think everybody needs to try therapy at least once because you never know what you'll find about yourself when you get there. Right. But, um, you know, there are people like, you know, there are people our age who have lived through worse situations, crazier things, uh, who will probably need therapy before we would. You know, I'm, I'm not the first. I'll be the first to admit, you know, 
I haven't had the most difficult life in the world. I haven't gone through a whole bunch of struggle in life. Now, I mean, everybody has their own problems and their own struggles and situations. But I think from the, you know, in the grand scheme of what happens in the world, it could be worse. So I feel like I've not having need. I haven't had much of a need so far in my life for, um, for therapy. Most of the things in my life, I could kind of, it's kind of like a, all I need was a little bit of self-reflection, introspection, and then I was able to get past it. Okay. So you seem pretty grounded. Are there any other outlets you use? Or are they, like you said before, whether it be just keeping a good routine, going out and getting fresh air, working out, like you have, any other outlets outside of that um the only other outlet I can really think of is more it's more of like just being able to intellectually challenge yourself you know reading books finding think pieces online kind of reading them questioning things here and there um and you know it's because it's kind of a very big thing for me um it's one of my biggest pet peeves I hate not okay it's gonna sound rude when i say it but i don't like dumb people not people who don't know don't know certain things because we're all not well versed in everything in the world but people who have resources and ability to you know know something and choose not to use it right i think i think that's something that's just very like why why would you do that Yeah, I understand. My baby sister and I was actually just having that conversation. She said that same exact thing that she hates people who or dislikes greatly those who choose to stay uninformed. She was like, we have so many resources and literally a like smart box at our fingers using our phones. So she's like, if you're choosing to stay in the middle or just not choose a side, this was like in reference to politics. She was saying Mm -hmm. She feels like it's worse if you're just indifferent versus being loud and wrong or being passionate about something. Because otherwise, how would you make positive change or even be able to have the conversation that would evoke change, you know? Oh, definitely. I think being indifferent, I think being indifferent to anything is kind of like, it's not really helping progress the problem in a, a meaningful way. You're kind of allowing the problem to sit there like if you had garbage in your house and you wouldn't throw it out and you just sat there indifferent to it, um, you know, your house would start to stink. Right. Now okay. there's different ways you can take out the garbage, but at the end of the day, if you, it's better than not trying to take it out at all. Yeah. Come on with the gems. With, the gems. <laughs> with that, how do you think, social media has played a part in like misinformation especially regarding mental health in the black community um social media really throws people off because we give because you know a lot of people follow celebrities and whatnot on social media they see they have all these things and they think man why don't i have those things especially if you follow somebody that's the same age as you or somebody that you knew once and you see them doing far better than you. And that's that's a big problem. Um, first and foremost, you know, everybody's journey is not the same. Everybody's definition of happiness isn't the same. What they're doing now is something that makes them happy, right? Right. So, like, you doing this podcast now 
it's not something I it's not something I could imagine myself doing and being like, yeah, this is definitely something I would like to do. You know, no offense to the guard, and I love y'all, but <laughs> I don't think I could be the host of this show. In the same way, I don't think you would enjoy very much trying to be um, a financial advisor. It's just not up your alley. Yeah, you know, I would definitely leave that to you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think once we get past the social media part and we think to ourselves, you know, you know, I just want the point of social media is that people want to be seen in a positive, in a very positive light. And, you know, social media does that for some people and some some people it does not. And I think that we get so caught up in trying to be seen that we're not happy that we're not happy being seen at all. We want to be seen in a specific way. Mm. Okay. I definitely understand that. I know. So I'm going to have a different perspective only because I am a media person. So this mm-hmm. is my world, you know, the internet, right. social media. This is where my money's going to be coming from. So I know for me, as far as how social media has shaped mental health, I think that it has definitely helped. I know for me, I can go on TikTok or Twitter and find out so much more information that some of our school systems didn't provide or that I may not have experienced being in my own household, which I think is really cool that you can use it as a tool to help learn different things and connect other communities together from your own home, especially how we saw people were still able to make meaningful connections even virtually. So I definitely love social media in that way. I definitely understand that comparison can be a problem. And I know that that is the thief of joy. But I think if you change your mindset on how you utilize social media, that it can definitely help you. Now, I also agree that you should be comparing yourself to famous people. I know that that can definitely add towards everybody feeling like they're not being where they should be because of how glamorous people romanticize their lifestyles are. But like I was saying on my previous episode, you got to be happy where you're at. And if you're not, do something about it. But it doesn't have to be that you're so far gone just because somebody's at the top. And half the time, a lot of people don't realize the person behind that smile, what they had to do to get there, what journeys and obstacles they had to jump over to get there. Since a lot of people aren't posting that aspect of their come up you know like i know with my acl recovery i'm posting it because yeah i'm not outside you know why because i'm having to grind in another way but i'm happy where i'm at and i don't mind posting about it because you shouldn't be comparing yourself like making yourself feel better like look at her her leg is messed up so i know i'm up like no look at the happiness i'm still finding in my situation you know so i think social media is a mindset thing and i think a lot of people need to move away from social media being their like blueprint if that makes sense no i can absolutely agree with that but let me also challenge you with something because i because i feel like social media is also kind of you know diluted how we feel about showing appreciation to people um i'll give you an example i was i was i was just uh surfing through twitter like a couple days ago and something that caught my eye it said uh you know we make fun of people for only 100 likes on like on Instagram or on social media, but if a hundred people complimented you in a day, you would feel completely different about it. Mm. I think I think that social media kind of really, it doesn't dilute the personal experience, but I think that how we use social media, like now, it kind of, it doesn't have the same relationship as a personal relationship with a person. I can agree to an extent, But again, 
you have to utilize social media's tools. So at least I can say for Instagram, right? A hundred likes. Go through your likes and see who liked it. And then you can DM them, reach out to them and start that conversation. Thank you so much. How are you doing? If you have their number and you see that now they're active, reach out to them. As well as, I don't know if you've seen where people get upset when they're like, I see that they're on Instagram, but they're not texting me back. Well, I'm probably busy, but I saw you and I decided to like to show you appreciation and I recognize you, you know? So I think, again, it's a mindset. Why are you laughing that somebody got 100 likes? You don't even know if those 100 likes are fake bots and they don't know any of those people or if those are 100 of my friends that I networked and made connections with and that was a way for me to see them because they live so far across the world. So I think, again, it's a mindset that you have to move away from that. I think we're slowly starting to do that as more and more people are sharing. This is how I use it to connect with others. I think it used to be performative, especially when it first began. And as like the updates got better and better with Instagram, I definitely do remember us all just kind of only showing our good side. But a lot of people are starting to use it more blog style. So I think that it really just depends on how you're using it and then how you're receiving it. That's definitely true. I think when Instagram first started, when we were like in middle school, people just just showed the good and the bad. Like it was was just whatever was going on in your life. You just put it up there. Also, before we continue, um, word to the garden, please do not randomly uh hit up people that you don't know from in, from the internet <laughs> <laughs> i do not think that's a good idea and i'm not going to condone that yeah definitely like strangers are no no but you never know who you're going to connect with and how they can help you and then there's also you know other features like if they turn out to be weird hashtag block so <laughs> uh, it's a tool for me so that's why I'm always going to advocate for it I definitely see your side with it being a more performative thing but again mm-hmm. I think it's really on how you use it I know some people it's their brand and so that's why they typically don't show the bad side because it could be used as a resume for them um also I remember going to um I'm a part of the National Association of Black Journalists and while I was there I was meeting a lot of individuals who they use it before they hire you so it definitely can be like a mentally taxing thing to always have to put your best foot forward so that it's not used negatively against you so again I think it's like a case-by-case basis I can agree with that because my mom you know my parents when I first got into high school and college, they are like, all right, you got to start cleaning up your social media. You can't be, can't be out here talking about, man, America um, is not a good place to live right now because people in the job see that and then they don't want to hire you. And my first thought was, that's, that's crazy. That there's no way you're going through my Instagram right now and thinking that's the best representation of me. Right. But I mean, as the years have gone by, I always, you know, I definitely had to clean it up a little bit. I'm not going to be completely clean with it, but it's better than it used to be. Yeah, I can agree. I know I had to finally understand when it came to being a part of someone else's brand, you have to do that. It's not your brand. Yes, you are an individual and yes, you should maintain your uniqueness, but you also are going to have to kind of fit in a box if that's where you're trying to go. Otherwise, you could just be an entrepreneur and that's a whole different ballgame than just trying to make some money to get by. And of course, once you're inside, you have a little bit more flexibility that you can work with as you network, as they get to know you, and the boss can tell you what they are okay with as times evolve. But you can't play with folks' money. So that's why I understand 
when you're trying to fit someone else's brand, having to tone down some of your uniqueness a bit. But I love that, especially within the Black community, we're like fighting for more of a broader sense of what others' brands look like and making a space for us. So I do love that we're doing that for ourselves because just because there are certain Eurocentric standards, we can push that away and be like, no, you need to accept me as I am especially as I am trying to work with you and be a part of your brand because you do need me. You're trying to hire me. So you're going to have to work with me a little. So that was an interesting conversation. Thank you for pushing my buttons a little. Of course. That's what I'm here for. So I guess before we wrap up, how do you think society views Black men? Um, I don't want to turn this into a race thing, but it also I feel like it does kind of depend by race. Um you know, to the rest of the world, we're kind of like the, we kind of were like the workers in the fields, the strong men, the, like, the superior athletes and things of that nature. And being, to be seen in that nature all the time, whether or not you are, you know, physically gifted or not, is harmful. Um, trying to go out there and be trying to go out there and be fake strong when you're not, whether it's physically, mentally, or spiritually, um, is always going to be harmful for you. Yeah, I think to the rest of the I think to the rest of the world, the black man is tenacious, tenacious, dangerous, um, because that's who we used to that's who we used to be, you know. We were fighting for our rights and we didn't have a place in the world and we had to branch out and make one. It was very like, I'm going to get mine before you can take it from me. I'm going to protect my family before you take it from me. I'm going to take my land before you take it from me. And, you know, maybe the thought is, I feel like, I feel as though, you know, the black man isn't weaker now than he used to be. It's just that we don't have to, we don't have to fight the same way that we used to. Right. We don't have to fight to go to school. We don't have to fight to vote. We don't have to fight to we don't have to fight to drink at a water fountain or get a job the same way we used to have to fight. But I yeah. think because how we used to fight and that's how other people in the world te- teach their kids because they seen something in their younger days that made them think, man, black people are just scary. It's the same thing with black women, the angry black woman, the ferocious black man. They kind of go hand in hand because you've never heard this about any other race before. Right. Maybe you hear about a a crazy Latino woman or something like that. But like it doesn't there's no there's no set standard for both men and women. There were the way there is for black people. Right. And do you see society getting better as far as accepting us in a different light? Or do you think it's just getting even harder to represent ourselves? You know, I would love to say that society is getting better and the world is changing and all these nice things. But it's kind of hard to say that when we're still marching in the streets like it's 1963. It's very difficult for me to just think to myself, yeah, things are getting definitely getting better. When if you took a picture of a protest from two weeks ago, you put it in black and white, 
you couldn't you couldn't tell somebody what year that was, and they would guess it's from nineteen fifty something. Right. I think that I think that maybe amongst ourselves, definitely gotten better. We're far more accepting, you know, not different kinds of strength in the black community, but also LGBTQ, like African American black LGBTQ people. I think we've gotten a lot better with that stuff. Um, but I will say this. I think we had to have gotten better with that stuff because I feel as though like we're on our own out here. I think that maybe some, you know, there are people in the world of other races who are on our on our side, but as a whole, like nobody has our back the way we have our back. That's why, uh, you know, being a strong, independent Black woman or being, like, a, a Black man, like, a, a powerful Black man, it doesn't, it works. It's good that you want to be these things, but being these things alone does not work. You need other people. You need other Black people in your life. Yeah. I, I think that's always, that's, like, that's an eternal truth, I feel as though. You, as a Black person, you need other Black people in your life. You're going to always be, whether you realize it or not, people are always going to look at you differently because of the fact that you're Black. Whereas Black people just look at you like another person. Right. So I think I think we can, I think the Black community has gotten much better with how we view men and our role in society and how it's changed over the years. But I think the rest of the world has not done much better with view, viewing the Black man um, in a different sense than what they used to. Understood. So with that in mind, what steps would you advise other young men or other young Black men to take to continue to better or get help for their mental health? Um, sometimes just getting mental health is recognizing that something was wrong in the past. Recognizing that something you do now is wrong. Sometimes it's just recognizing that what your friends do is wrong and calling them out on it. That's it's not necessarily mental health in the way that it's therapy, but it's mental health in a way that you change how somebody thinks, and you you teach them better how to think in a different way that will ultimately make them feel better. Yeah. You know, it's something that doesn't cost money. It's something that you can do for free. 24 7 365 doesn't take holidays <laughs> is it's easy and it'll mean it'll really mean something sometimes people walk away from therapy and you know they just kind of think to themselves all right well you know they just go about the rest of their day like whatever but sometimes hearing from your friend that you know we should think differently or we should act differently because of this it makes you feel differently right you know, and whether or not you change immediately, because most people don't, it's fine. But the fact that you even start to consider changing and thinking differently is already a step in the right direction. Okay. Well, I appreciate everything that you've shared today. I definitely have enjoyed this conversation as well, because you're so eloquent in the way that you speak and very educated. So I'm really loving this HBCU thing, you know, 
<laughs> gems that you've shared. And I really appreciate you for being a part of this conversation because there are a lot of things that men, as well as women, go through. But we are really trying to highlight what our men are going through. And it seems like you've found a pretty good rhythm. And I appreciate you for sharing with that today in our garden. So are there any other ways that my listeners can connect with you or reach out to you if need be? Um, you know, please don't be afraid to reach out to me on Instagram. Um, it's at underscore K-I-N-G-N-I-K-444 on Instagram. That's my main, that's usually where I be at the most of the time. Um, please don't be afraid to reach out to me, ask a question, say something. You know, like I said, you need other people out here, whether you realize it or not. If I can be some kind of you know, help, if I can be some type of friend to somebody, I think that's kind of what life is about. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Y'all heard it here first. He is opening his DMs to you, so make sure you take advantage of that. Thank you again, Nick, for joining me on Blooming and Buzzing the Podcast, and we hope that you guys join us on another episode later on. Have a great day, Nick. You too. I hope the garden keep growing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.